Welcome back, everybody. Immerse Podcast. Um, we're on episode forty-three now, so we're getting the we're getting the hours in, Kenny. Hannah's hours. Not much in the grand scheme of entertaining, but uh, loads of <laughs> time has been recorded today. Loads of time, loads of effort. But anyway, today's guest, uh, all the way from Melbourne, Australia, uh, Ben Sorensen. If I said that right. Sorensen. Yes, you, yes, you have, and uh, with a delightful accent as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's good to have an Australian accent on for a change. Ah, yeah, not. I was going to say, I can hear your accent, you can hear mine, and that's perfect. I that's think that's a fair exchange. Doesn't get much better, does it? I don't know. Do, do you like the Scottish accent, Ben? Uh, yeah, I do, because it... it um, actually, you know, I like the Scottish accent, and I like the country as well, and I feel like you know, uh, I have a real connection with Scotland. Mm. And that's only because we were both invaded by the British. Uh, so, were you not created by the British? The no, no, no. We, we, we had uh, First Nations people that were here 60,000 years before the British so decided the British to uh, turn up and go, oh, yeah, that's, uh, we discovered this. <laughs> yeah. And we Just brought, you know, be- beautiful things to the First Nations People right. like slavery and poverty, <laughs> yes, and disease. That's and and rats that kind of taste like chicken. But First Nations people didn't know what chicken tasted like because we didn't have them either. Never had that. Okay. Yeah. Have you been, have you but, been to Scotland then? No, I haven't. Uh, I've been I've been to uh, the Republic of Ireland, uh, which I know is very different, but it's the simple similar neck of the woods though. And I just absolutely adored that. And, you know, I think that the sense of humour of uh, the Irish and the sense of humour of the Scottish, I think, really talks to me. And I just think it's stunning. So I can't wait to get over there and uh, do a whole heap of, you know, walks. Yeah. Tell, tell everybody what Ben does. Tell everybody what Ben does. Ben's a busy boy. Yeah, tell Ben what Ben does. No, Gavin will tell Ben what Ben does. <laughs> Gavin will tell Ben what Ben does. And ben doesn't me. always talk about Ben in the third person. <laughs> ben should. Ben should, though. Oh, well, this is getting fucking weird, isn't it? <laughs> ben um, should do a lot of things. <laughs> so, but I ain't saying, Ben, you are an actor, extra, model, an influencer, a TV presenter, a radio presenter. A bit of you get your fingers in loads and loads of pies. Aye, and, yeah, and that's not a euphemism. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's full utilization of asset. I have brain. Will will do stuff for money, Aye. and you know, um, it's just I have to do lots of things to keep my brain active and also to stay fresh in all those areas as well, which is really important. Um, and I really, really enjoy the variety of stuff that I do. Mm. So I'm unlike a really hardcore thespian actory proper actor. Right. Uh, I'm a little bit picky and choosy with what I do, not because I'm a wanker. I mean, I am, but uh, <laughs> more so because I've uh, I have I have limited skills in that area, and I know what I'm good at. Yeah, and I think all of this comes down to going. Hey, what am I good at? Uh, let's do that. So okay. I've just been really fortunate to have a crack at a lot of stuff, and uh, it go really, really well. And uh, while we're 
just as a small interjection, I don't normally do interviews in a bathrobe, but um, it's very early. It's very early very here. Early. I even broke out my emergency coffee. So um, I feel so normally because Melbourne is coffee ca- coffee capital of oh my self- god, of the, the, of the world. The coffee. I, I I lived in Australia. I done the whole backpacker for a year and lived in Melbourne for six months. Yeah, we call them flatbackers here. Flatbackers. <laughs> no, but that's that the Swedish people you call that. <laughs> Scottish. You don't call Scottish people. Um, no, it's the other white mate. <laughs> uh, what was the coffee claim? Whereabouts is it in Melbourne? Are you in the CBD? Uh, so I I spent a lot of time in the CBD. I'm sort of closer to the airport, oh, yeah. uh, which is a sort of Brunswick way. Oh, there was a coffee place uh, Brunswick. near the CBD. Yeah. Um, Claymont Street or something, Claymont Street or something. I don't know why uh, I thought that you might know this coffee place, but <laughs> no, 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 that's okay. <laughs> Every, everyone does that, and I do know a lot of coffee places there. Uh, My favourite CBD is actually Duke's, Duke's. Uh, Duke's coffees, and they do they roast their own, and it's just this little beautiful hole in the wall place. They don't do food; you get like some little bits and pieces to snack on with your coffee, but really amazing. And the other place is uh, 7-Eleven. Oh, 7-Eleven. Oh, how good is that? Dollar it's coffee. Good. A dollar coffee. You get a bit of banana and, as well, Gav. Yeah, totally. You can't get it toasted though. No. Which I'm, I have written to 7-Eleven about that. <laughs> you should. You know, they, they need a Kmart toaster there next to the coffee machine. So you can just sort of put it in and some tongs as well. So you can get it out. Uh, safely. Safely, yeah. No, rubber, rubber tongs, mm. rubber tongs. <laughs> um, but it's funny that the <laughs> the the, the, the Scotsman brought up the dollar coffee. Uh, a little bit, just a little bit disappointed in you because if you go across to uh, Coles Express, you can save twenty cents. Eighty, 80 cents. cent coffee. They are hot. Uh, hot. Hot coffee? It's not just like, hot coffee. It's not coffee. Like Nescafe or like, you know, just a uh, jar of coffee. No, that's fine. No. Uh, which is really great. And, you know, you've, you've mentioning the dollar coffee in Melbourne and having lived in Melbourne proves one thing, that inside a kilt there's always a tight ass. That is, that is so tight. It's, you should, I mean, it's a shame that we're, you know, over... See, so you could have touched it. No. <laughs> <laughs> actually, I'm actually, because I, I love my coffee, and <clears throat> you know one of the best places for me that I get them, because I'm not a big fan of Starbucks, and I don't, I don't like the coffee. <clears throat> See, uh, yeah. McDonald's I don't coffee. Know like, nah, McDonald's, McDonald's coffee is good. Yeah. I actually quite like yeah. it. McDonald's coffee is better than Star. Said, look, look at us triaging oh, coffee. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's morning time for you, so... Yeah, well, we're still, what are we, uh, what, seven, um, uh, at time of recording, 7.24 or 7 o'clock, whatever it is. <laughs> um, so, McDonald's coffee used to be, actually, do you know what, as a kid growing up, McDonald's coffee, I actually didn't mind, because originally, back in the dark ages, they used to have uh, American-style drip filter coffee, and it was actually pretty good. So, they'd get that. I'd have the pot and then the water would come over the top and you know, you'd have your, your thing. So, and it was free. You'd have, you'd pay $2 for a cup and then it'd be unlimited refills. Ah. And that was the clincher. That was the thing that made me go McDonald's. 
possibly the there's something in this. Everybody wanting a McDonald's <laughs> Yeah, and then they coffee. Said, and then they've gone, we'll give you a free upgrade <laughs> to this espresso thing. And I went, I just want the other thing. Don't change. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's free. It's better. It's better. <laughs> you love it. Is it unlimited? No. And I went, oh, so it's better for you. Uh, <laughs> um, but, you're, but you're right. It is. Um, it. Uh, I think it is a level up from Seven Eleven coffee. That would be. I don't. I see uh, McDonald's selling coffee. That's just new. Like over here, really, like McCafe. It's only about five, maybe more than five years. I mean, it's, it's, it's fairly, five. fairly newish. It's yeah. no. Uh, never so, used to be. Um, McCaffey actually started in Australia. It Is actually it started the, in Melbourne. Melbourne? Uh, oh, very first yeah, one you yeah. ever have it. Just outside uh, the City Road, City Road McDonald's. I did a, uh, I, I don't know which one, but I, I know. know, I know the, I've seen it. I've seen it. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> We've got a big banner. Yeah. First that's why you, that's why you came to Australia was to that's hunt it. down the first McCaffey. <laughs> yeah. I've done a free <laughs> podcast the other week of it. It's, it's interesting. I did a gig in um, in the city at the bottom of Eureka Tower at uh, the Belgian Beer Cafe, and one of the I had a, a question. Uh, it was a trivia night. I had a question about you know the first where was the first McCafe in Australia, and one of the guys there went. I can tell you exactly where the second one is because I owned it. And no I went, way. <gasps> Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So impressive. So rich. Yeah. So, so rich. rich. So, so this morning's coffee for me is um, what I call emergency coffee. So you, you know, you, so you know when you know. Oh, no, sorry. No, sorry. Um, the, the, I think the only international roast on this call is provided by you guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in these little, it's like the, the little coffee bag thing. Mm. So they come in like a little emergency bag and you go, you know, it's like in a case of emergency break glass. This is like in case of emergency, you crack this open. <laughs> and some, some little genius has gone, let's uh, also if Robert Timms want to sponsor me after this. That's episode, it. Cool. I, just, <laughs> uh, I, I know they listen. I know they listen. Mm, hey, Robert listens. Uh, <laughs> Robert is still alive after Mr. 200 Timms years. Thank you, Robert. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really weird because you open it and you smell it and you go, oh, that's, yeah, you know, maybe there is something in this. This isn't too bad. Then you put it in the cup and then you pull the hot water in and it's kind of okay. Like you get the idea. But, in a true first world problem, um, the because I'm I'm doing visual gags here as well. It's a coffee bag. Oh fucking hell! That's yeah, that's a amazing. used coffee bag. So um, it does sound good. in the cup. No, filtered. Very good. Very good. But that's all like a, a little filtery thing. But the problem is, compared to a tea bag. This is a little bit heavier, so you can see the string that's attached to it is a bit thicker. Hanging yeah. down there. So, thanks to uh, science, when you put this tea bag in the cup and leave it over the edge, your coffee flows <laughs> down that <laughs> to the bench. Science. So minor problem. So you've actually got to like make sure that you've got your, your you know your jiggling on. 
<laughs> you're yeah, but I think you need to write to Robert as well. Well, you're writing to your well, other guys. He doesn't my, return my calls anymore. My <laughs> thought would be that is the tiniest glass or cup <laughs> I've ever seen. A bigger cup would sort that problem immediately. A bigger cup would sort that problem. <laughs> that is... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I thought, um, <laughs> yeah, it would actually. Uh, I just like the espresso. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like a sauce. It's like a sauce. Let's be yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, or uh, as I say, a, a white, white Watchers cake bowl. <laughs> yes, yes, very good. Um, it's 25 minutes talking about coffee, man. <laughs> Robert, tell us a bit about yourself. Hey, where did you grow up? Where, where did the, have you always been in uh, Melbourne? No, I grew up as a, uh, can't you tell from my accent? It's a Queensland accent. <laughs> nah, <laughs> never have. Uh, um, yeah, nah, yeah, nah, yeah, that's nah. It. That's it there, that's, that's <laughs> it. Um, yeah, so you can't do a Queensland accent when you've got hay fever because you need your nose. Um, <laughs> So I grew up in Queensland, a little farming town called Dabra. And it was so, so beautiful out there. Uh, we had rolling hills. We had, you know, uh, these, uh, what do you call them? Um, they're like, think of them like housing estates. Right. With no roads or houses. Oh, farms. <laughs> that's right. That's farms. 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 That's, um, <laughs> That's the uh, stage before a housing estate. Um, and it was, it was really lovely. It was a little town then. And, you know, I went to school there and I had some really great experiences. And then I moved to Brisbane. Um, actually, I stayed in Brisbane for, for quite a bit. Had a couple of businesses there. And then moved down to Melbourne. And, you know, I just, it's, we talk about food and coffee a lot, but that's wasn't why I moved to Melbourne, but it's certainly why I'm staying. Why you're staying. Uh, you've done the East Coast then, haven't you? You've just done the East Coast. Yeah, and my, most of my work's on the East Coast, which is really convenient for me. It is, as Virgin said in their sales, Virgin, um, the airline, <laughs> said in their sales document that the... Melbourne Sydney run is one of the golden uh, air traffic routes globally. Uh, so East Coast is totally where it's at. Who long is it fact, I, from? What's uh, it's about? Uh, in the air, you're in the air for about a, uh, an hour, but ultimately it takes. You know, I normally budget two hours, two to three hours. Because you got to get from me. Like, uh, that's the thing that always gets me about these these countries like Australia and. I went to Canada as well, and you see the, the time that you need to travel to everything. I've never been to Australia, so I don't know, but yeah. like, I think you need to be very used to traveling to get to A to B if you're traveling between cities because it's massive in comparison to Scotland. Because yeah. we, we could travel from, I could travel to the top of Scotland within driving maybe like four hours, five mm. hours max. Uh, so, yeah, we have, we have a little place called Tasmania, which is where we send Australians to understand what it's like to live in a small country <laughs> um, because you can literally drive around Tasmania and it is stunning and it is awesome, but you do have to get used to traveling. I mean, I remember as a kid, it would be, wouldn't be to get to the city from where I was, it would be a one hour drive there. You do your thing and then an hour drive back. And that was, that was normal. We do a 20, 20, 25 minute drive to get to the 
the big supermarket with the good stuff. Like Coles or Willie's? Willie's? Uh, actually, no. Back then, back back in the dark ages, we had Franklin's. <laughs> so there was Coles and Woolies, and then there was a third player called Franklin's, which was like a a no frills sort of supermarket supermarket thing. And then we had the likes of Aldi come in, and we have not known joy like <laughs> Aldi joy. Oh, so have you got Lido as well? Lido's got the bakery. So I like a bit Lido. Uh, see, uh, we, we, don't, we don't have little here. Uh, although when I was in uh, Ireland and Germany, I was like, Aldi just leveled up. <laughs> <laughs> what shit have I been getting back here? <laughs> I know, I know. I thought I was on the good stuff, but there's nah. a whole other level. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It's, it's shocking. I've just, yeah. do, do what I love about these uh, Aldi and Lidl is I've got these uh, random aisles where literally it's as if they've just seen ran- look, the most random shit you could possibly think of and <laughs> just put it odd in one aisle. Aye. Brilliant. But the CEO's been pissed one night and bought loads of things on Amazon and went, <laughs> oh no, I'll just sell that <laughs> yeah. in the shop. Get it in the shop. Aye, it's like shoes next to fucking knife sets and, uh, uh, and then there's like an outdoor jacket and then a tent. <laughs> Killing spree, you don't want to use your shoes. What did you do? What did you do today? Oh, you know, I bought a new laptop and some onions. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I true. should probably fucking do that to be fair, considering the effort it takes my laptop to, to power up. Aye, that's true. Take yeah. a trip. Um, so before we come on, Gav's laptop is fucking useless. Uh, so me and Ben were talking. Um, you get a busy day today. He's, he's on Zoom till seven o'clock tonight. Wow! Yeah, we're, we've got him at his bed, and he's dragging. We're getting the best. We're getting the best. Freshest Ben. The freshest Ben. Yeah, the freshest Ben. Yeah. Although you know, Ben can sometimes be like Tupperware. You know, it's still fresh. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't. I don't think you'll lag. I, I think you'll be fine. The full day. I think I'll be fine. Um, I'll I'll swap from the emergency morning coffee into the good good stuff. The premium. Premium, premium stuff. I think um, you should keep your keep your house coat on all day. Well, that'll be. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I'm not wearing pants, <laughs> so that's the thing I love about Zoom is you know waist down is free. <laughs> uh, just help it all hang out. Yeah, and uh, the the best the best thing about it is um, nobody can tell really. What, what's make, going on down there? No, but you just tell people though. That makes it all, you know, <laughs> you can use their imagination. Exactly. Um, yeah. Or, or the really creepy thing is, uh, let me just type that for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's a skill, man. That's, <laughs> that, put that on your CV. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, look, oh. it's, a, it's a real skill. I just end up banging space bar a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Um, how did you get it to fit under the space bar? It's not as cold. Yeah, you warm it up a bit. You've got you're hosting a few shows soon. Um, yeah, so look, I'm I'm very fortunate that I have survived COVID, and like 2020 was really shoddy for everyone, mm-hmm. and we've moved into 2021, so we've got. Uh, I'm starting to book up a fair, a fair few shows. So I've got my 
uh, personal favourites, which are my trivia shows on Tuesday at the Belgian Beer Cafe because they have great food and they have a great range of beers and I get to be funny, which is awesome. And I love, I love, tri- I just, I love trivia because it's just little nuggets of knowledge that sort of feed the gray cells in my brain, or as Poro says, the little gray cells. Um, on top of that, I've also got a uh, Melbourne International Comedy Festival venue. So it's really exciting. It is the, I'm, I'm very fortunate to have the second largest comedy festival in the world in my backyard. So the I'm biggest, taking the Edinburgh the biggest. Yes, I think it is. I think it is. Um, so I'm I've got a built a little comedy festival venue and we've got some really great acts that are coming in and we're we're doing that for 4 weeks and it's going to be super exciting. Uh, and then on top of that as well because I'm a glutton for punishment. Mm. Also got um, Supernova which is Comic-Con sort of event in Australia and it is you know one of the biggest out here they do six dates all around Australia and it's really great it's so much fun so I've got that and comedy festival so I finish I'll finish supernova get in a car go to the venue open it up and run that for four or five hours sleep for a little bit go back and do it again so the supernovas are great. They go over what two or three days mm. on the week. Well, the the Melbourne festival will be the biggest this year because it doesn't look like Edinburgh is going to have it, are they? So, but Australia, what's been the differences over there? Because from us looking at other countries, right, the UK is fucked. Um, but when you look at places like Australia, uh, New Zealand, New Zealand, New Zealand have won. New Zealand are the winners, aren't they? Kind of so. lies. They do that. Nah, they're fine. Yeah. No, you're not. Yeah. 5,000 cases, right. Um, but what's, what was the, so the first lockdown, was it just like a harsh, harsh lockdown for a set amount of time? And then what, what so, sort of measures is different? So we had a an initial lockdown. And of course, this is anic- all anecdotal stories. Yeah. Um, so please excuse any inconsistencies or non-scientific stuff because my, my, my review has not been peer-reviewed yet. Um, so the first lockdown was <coughs> relatively, I, I, I would call it a half-assed lockdown compared to the hard lockdown. So it was a, oh, this corona thing, nobody's really excited about shutting the thing because of the economy. Um, so let's do this for a couple of weeks. And then we sort of started to come out of it and we went, Oh yeah. Okay. Maybe lockdown's a good idea. Maybe it kind of works. You know, nobody's dead. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, and then we had the second wave because our federal government totally dropped the ball and allowed all sorts of crazy stuff to happen for their mates, which was really terrible. So Melbourne and the premier in Melbourne went, nah, we've we're on our own we've got to kind of do this and work out how how to do it so he went hard lockdown for five months provided um a lot of financial support and as much support as a state government can give to people that are locked down which is really wonderful the federal government did a little bit but they're a bit sneaky because they're run by a marketing guy um so Lots of press releases, not too much behind them. Mm-hmm. So 
the hard lockdown was really difficult. It was your own, you know, masks, which is perfect masks. I think I'm going to keep forever because they're great. I haven't had a cold this year at all. And January though, so. <laughs> well spotted. Hey. Hey. Uh, so yeah, so it's actually been quite a long time since I've I've had the sniffles or anything like that at all. And um, you know, I don't touch my face as much because I've got a mask on, so my skin's looking lovely. Oh, handsome, handsome big oh, Although that beard um, looks brilliant as well. Oh, a good routine thank you. That. But when I put a mask on it, it looks like a seventies porno. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Creeping out the bottom. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah very much very much so. <laughs> I think that's another video. <laughs> See, see the um, shows that you're going to be hosting? Are you just testing before people get in? Um, I don't know. Um, so I'm, I, I, don't, I don't do a lot, a lot of that uh, testing stuff, but a lot of the other guys that have got, because uh, the, shows, the shows that we end up doing at my venue are 45, 50 minutes long. Mm-hmm. So that's a, that's a fair whack of stand-up to do. Yeah. That's a bit of So a lot of the guys and girls that are, doing the shows will go and do open mic night open mic nights and other little bits and pieces to test components of the show mm. and sort of fine tune it and then slam it all together for the big show so when it comes to, when it comes to the audiences and stuff then are they is, is Australia just completely out of every restrictions now is there anything like no we've got still lots of restrictions oh, yeah. right. so um, and there, it depends. And state by state, it depends. So internally, one of the big things that we had that was coordinated by the premiers of each state, because again, the federal government kind of dropped the ball on that, is restricting movement. So there was a whole heap of time where, being in Victoria, I couldn't, I couldn't go to a different state. I'd need a permit in order to do that and a justified reason, and then I'd have to quarantine for two weeks when I get to the new state if I was allowed in. Wow. Which is a pain. It's a big pain, but it means we're in lockdown for way less time. Yeah. Great. Mm -hmm. Because corona kills the economy, and it's like a Band-Aid. You just got to get rid of corona, and then your economy can open up faster and better on the other side and from lockdown we've all got some really great skills like we all wash our hands yeah you know we're all conscious of keeping a meter and a half away from people we everybody carries a mask so if you see someone coughing or something like that you just put your mask on oh (laughs) (laughs) i I was in that camp for a little bit but then i realized that the hard part is disposing of the body so best to let up (laughs) No, exactly. It's far more difficult. Well, our, yeah. our um, government, as you've probably seen, is uh, I don't know. Just the rolling a dice. For them. Rolling and a dice. So basically, what, what we done? Darts. So we we went into kind of hard lockdown in March twenty uh, first, mm. and then for about I've never really three, left it. Three months, but so a lot of things never reopened. But is it? Didn't you call your lockdown Brexit? But they 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 totally fucked up. So what they done was they they came up with this thing that destroyed the economy. So 
Aye, aye, I know. I, I don't even know what to, if there's words that can Sorry, describe the government, right? <laughs> but, uh, but what they've done was they came up with a scheme um, called Eat Out to Help Out. So what they've done was open all restaurants, all bars, and gave everyone 50% off. So everyone piled into all these restaurants, and it was just a shit show. Didn't get a table, man. It was, it was, I, yeah, it was mobbed. Mob. Well, yeah, everybody's yeah. off work getting 80% of their wage. So people are like, well, yeah. let's just go out and get pissed. Look, I'm I'm only laughing because uh, I, I I love the idea. It's but eat out to help out sounds like something from a dating site. Mm. <laughs> uh, a filthy wee mind, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah it <laughs> is. Naughty boy. Yeah. Well, you may have got some <laughs> new stand-up material there. <laughs> yeah, totally. totally. Eat out to help out. <laughs> um, but you know, we, we've got a lot of government incentives to drag people back to hospitality and hospitality venues and there's a couple of hospitality chains that are doing uh, 50% off between you know five and six o'clock and a lot of the venues that I'm working with are trying really hard to get back to it and everyone's sort of trying to push and say all the venues that were locked down did it hard yes there's some government help but it is in no way enough compared to being open Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't think and anything will be. That's, that's the thing. Sorry, what's that? Nothing will be the same as being open. Like you can help oh, it. Totally. You can only help it for so long, and then you just need, just need to open up and get on with it. Well, we didn't, we didn't have rent freezes either. Oh. So your rent, you can't. You know, we had an eviction ban, no rent freeze. So everyone's still paying rent uh-huh. on their premises, whether it's open or closed. So we had a lot of fine dining restaurants that were pivoting to uh, here's a ready-made meals that mm-hmm. you can pick up or that we're going to deliver to your house. And, you know, that's really great that they pivoted and I cooked and ate a lot of really amazing meals yeah. at home. Um, Cause I tried as, as much as I could to support, you know, all of these the businesses, particularly yeah. in Melbourne, cause we've got such a rich foodie culture. Mm-hmm. Um, that, you know, I think it's important to try and support wherever you can. Hospitality is still really hurting as well. Uh, And a lot of the workers in those fine dining restaurants and also in pubs and everywhere else were on temporary visas out here. And a lot of them have gone home because you don't want to be stuck in, you know, a country on the other side of the world for 6, 12, 18 months when you're paying for hotels or hostels or whatever mm-hmm. so uh, a lot of them went home so we've got a bit of a staff shortage here because we relied so heavily on the uh, international travelers yeah. that came through can you get yourself back here? i know i know that's what happened to my, my mate he, he was out there studying and yeah he had to come home yeah which saying, is he was saying he was trying to get back out and you, you had to that's part of the richness of australia is having you know, that wonderful, vibrant, multicultural melting pot of flavours. 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 Uh, Eat out to... Uh, 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 I'm just going with it. 50% off. Uh, 50% off. Half <laughs> part that last 50%. You need that. You need that. Um, how did you end up doing Comic-Con? Um... I actually, I'm marketing, uh, I do marketing for 
uh, a couple of brands as well because I like to one half of my business is the entertainment side, uh, which is great to use once part of my mental faculties. And then the other half is strategy. So business strategy and marketing strategy in the media and event space. <clears throat> so um, that gets the other half of my brain working. And then the two halves, when they work together, uh, create a whole and relatively less unhappy Ben. <laughs> so <laughs> that's a good thing. <laughs> um, so I ended up doing some stuff, uh, some strategy stuff and working with uh, a, an Australian company called ZQ Racing. So they make the lovely chair that I'm sitting oh, on. Uh, lovely. lovely. Yeah. So ZQ Racing is uh, Australian owned and it's designed, they design and make premium gaming chairs. So that's what all of the, all the gamers tend to sit in is, is these gaming chairs yeah. and they're really comfy. They're really great and they're made well. So part of, part of the strategy that I would designed for, ZQ was to go to all these cons and it was a wonderful opportunity to get both sides of my brain working together, which is why I absolutely love it. So we had a uh, great strategy. We've always got to stand at uh, a lot of these cons and it's so wonderful to meet all of the different people. And then a lot of the cons say, Hey, Benny, do you want to, are you going to come and you're going to come and host while you're yeah. here? please?" <laughs> and I go, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. And, you know, they, uh, they pay me and I go, oh, of course I've got time available. Good. <laughs> um, but it's been a really wonderful, it's been a really joyous community to be part of. And that's, that's the big thing about it is when you go around and do all these cons in a small market. So Australia's got, what, 25, 26 million people. So compared to the States, very small market. Yeah. And considering that cons are kind of a niche within that small market, uh, most people know most people within it. So it's really lovely and really wonderful. And I'm very fortunate to have been uh, allowed into that group of people because they're very kind and wonderful to work with. And the punters that turn up to these comic cons are just lovely. So I'm very fortunate. And they laugh yeah. at my joke. That's <laughs> the best a part. Good, a good community. Yeah. Uh, how, how did you, how, what was the process for starting um, all this up? So when, when did you kind of think stand up and, you know, presenting and stuff like that? When did you start to realize that that was what you were, what you were going to do? Um, I actually started doing music. music. So I actually started doing singing and dancing and stuff in vaudeville shows and, musical theater and stuff like that. And, you know, I learned to play a whole heap of different instruments and stuff like that. It was like, it was great. I loved it. Uh, and I realized that musicians work a lot harder <laughs> and they don't get paid for rehearsals all the time and they need to rehearse all the time. So I kind of, realized that um, maybe that wasn't something for me and I didn't think I enjoy music and I still adore it, but I think I'm better at being a witty smart ass mm. than I am <laughs> at music. So, still, do you still practice and have a wee sing song when you've had a few beers? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I haven't done that for years, but um, I bought during lockdown, I bought a ukulele. 
Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I've, I've had a bit of a strum on that and it's, it's lovely. I just think there's something about having an, uh, an instrument or playing an instrument. And I think it's whether you sing or whether it's the, you know, uh, the piano or a guitar or a, you know, brass or woodwind instrument, the magical thing about playing a musical instrument is actually internally feeling the vibration of each note. And I think that's the magic part about it, you know, is actually feeling that music in a way that you can't get through a CD or a Spotify yeah. or whatever. Uh, you're you know, creating it. You're, you're the creator of that. Yeah, sound. you're creating it. Mm. And it's this whole full circle thing where, you know, you've learnt you've learned a song or you have an idea for a song and you listen to it and then you, you play it and then you feel the vibration through the instrument. And that's a really special thing. And I think that's why music is so healing. And that's why music is so much fun. Even if you suck at it. <laughs> I've never tried. To, I, I said, but I was going back there. I'm going to learn to play the guitar. It's so difficult, man. It's such a hard thing. Look, it is. That's why I bought a ukulele. What was the what was the first thing you played with your ukulele when you got it? Was it? I think that's that's not a beginner's thing. No. Uh, oh. I think the the first thing that I played on my ukulele was a G chord. A G chord. <laughs> Some somewhere over the rainbow. That was a that was always a iconic with a big massive guy with a wee tiny ukulele. The guy was like 28, no, he was like 30 stone or something. He was a big, big guy. Oh, um, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know his name, uh, it's massive, but. <laughs> really, really, really cool. Um, I don't even know what you're talking about. See the song, right. um, Somewhere Over the Rainbow? What is that? Somewhere Over the Rainbow. That one. It is. No, I can't find it. I can't no. find it. But uh, it's, uh, I, I know. I know what you're talking about. Absolutely amazing here. Yeah. Such a great sound. Uh, yeah. a, a lion fella? Aye, something like that. Um, uh, but um, Kenny, he was huge, like, big, big guy, and he used to have this wee tiny ukulele, and he, was, he could hardly even <laughs> get it to fit in. It was so small. But uh, great song. Ah, oh, so good. Song. And see, that's what I love about covers as well is you take a great song who you know and love, and then yeah. you make it better. Yeah, and you change it and you make it your own and that's really that's great I love that and I'm also quite partial to the mashups as well because I think there's a lot of I think there's a lot of creativity and skill in that yeah. and I, I quite enjoy listening to other people that have that fantastic skill to do that absolutely mm. good what? Right, let me just cut in for a wee second and screen share I found the guy. Found him. Found him. Found him. Yeah. How do you uh, share? He's got a huge name as well, isn't he? Uh, let, me, like, let me share the screen. It's impossible. Yeah. I think it's impossible to say, <laughs> to say his name. There you go, kid. Okay. Remember, close the rest of your tabs, mate, with the what? Do you have to help him? That's him, yeah. Do you have to help him? What's his name? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the one. <laughs> Israel Kamakawawu. I, I, I have no idea how to say that, mate. I, I don't <laughs> know why you pretended that you might know how to say that. 
I love that. Three white guys butchering someone else's culture. I love it. That's <laughs> ah, what needs to be done sometimes. You know? <laughs> it's it's life. <laughs> so, see, uh, Ben, the transition between uh, music to comedy, what, how, do you remember the like, first time you were on stage or like prepping, writing jokes? And... Oh, do you know what? I, I, um, the only thing that I really remember are the gigs that I bombed at. <laughs> <laughs> of course. And, you know, there was, there's been a few and uh, thankfully not as many lately, which is good. That's okay. a, it shouldn't that's be a happening time. much now, should it? I totally agree. <laughs> uh, there, there's a couple of jokes that go over really badly because I've got a very, very dark sense of humour. It's and such a humour. Yeah, and sometimes I kind of have to go, maybe not everyone's on board with this. <laughs> you heard of Frankie Boyle? Do you know who Frankie Boyle is? Yes. Yes. He's, yes. He is very dark. I And I, I love that, and yeah. it's just so good. I love being in a room with a super dark comedian. Yeah. And everyone else is sort of going like that, and I'm just wetting myself in the corner going <laughs> I love you. This is great. <laughs> I find some um, dark humor. I go, oh, you know oh, wince. And you're like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think I think when people do that though, it's, I think it's more about the reaction of other people. They're thinking about, oh, somebody's going to not agree with that. Or, uh, you know what I, mean? I, I think that's what's really great about comedy as well. Yeah. Is because it causes us to think. It's like um, it's Brechtian in a way that we what can that mean? so Bertolt Brecht did um, the Caucasian chalk circle is probably something that you know he, he's probably most well known for and Brechtian theatre is really interesting because <clears throat> normally when you go to the theatre all of the workings and mechanics are sort of hidden you don't really see a lot of it Yeah, and you're allowed to you know you're going to cry in the sad parts and you're mm-hmm. going to laugh and experience the full gaunt, gauntlet of emotions. Mm-hmm. So with Brechtian theatre, it's a little bit different. So it's about unmasking. So sometimes, uh, depending on how far they go, sometimes you'll see the workings, you'll see stagehands come on and off between scenes, the curtain comes down sort of halfway. But the point in the writing is if something sad happens we get sad, right? So when we have these strong, acute emotions, we lose some of our cognitive ability to make decisions. So we are overwhelmed with feelings. So Brechtian theatre provides us with the ability to feel and acknowledge the feeling, but not be overcome by it. So it's written in such a way that I feel very sad Oh, someone's just died. Oh, that's sad. Oh, 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 we're onto something else now. Mm. So I still maintain my cognitive ability to make decisions about what I'm seeing, what I'm thinking, and what I'm feeling. Mm. So I find Brechtian theatre a really great way and a, and a different way to manipulate one's emotions. And I think when we look at comedy... Sometimes we look at dark humor and go, oh, that's wrong. But it's really telling of the society we're in, our position in that society. And it also prompts, if done correctly, 
which I hope I do, um, it prompts an awareness of why do I find that uncomfortable? Yeah. Why do I find that funny? Why do I feel like I shouldn't find that funny? And how will other people think of me if I find that funny? And I think all of those things, when we make jokes about wrong things, if it's done in the right way, internally we start to chip away and have all of those questions answered by ourselves. So I think that's, that's the mm. magic of dark comedy is changing society through that process of going, I'm going to re reevaluate myself and see why those things are speak to me and why those things are true as an audience member. Yeah. Some of these perception, it's the people that are in the room, it's their perception of their jokes and how yep. it's told by the comedian. Uh, I like it. That was, that was pure cool. That was pure deep. I, I, was, I, was, I, was I was just hanging on every word. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I've never thought of things like that. I just turn up to, to comedy gigs and make me laugh. I don't think about the, oh. yeah. like that. Is that because of me? Is it my, my thoughts and my feelings? No, and you know what? A lot, of comedians, a lot of comedians don't want to encourage people to think. Um, <laughs> and really, I'm just, I'm lucky that I organically like dark humour and it's taken me 20 years to find a spiel like that so I can justify doing it. No. <laughs> there's, a, there's a comedian, uh, I, I like Australian um, humour as well. It's, it's quite similar, I think. Um, but there's a guy called Steve Hughes. Uh, Australian guy. Dave Hughes? Is it no Steve, Steve? Hughes? Steve Hughes, the guy who's got long hair. Um, oh, yes, 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 yes. So he, he done one, I think it was at the Fringe, the Edinburgh Fringe, and he, I, I, he's, he's quite clever with jokes as well. So he done a joke, and it was quite dark and quite uh, about uh, gay, basically gay guys. Um, but then he, at the end of the joke, he flips it around to to be on their side as well. So he's very yeah. clever, and like I think the, the last bit of the joke was like, oh, "I prefer just a cock up my ass." It was some something similar to that. <laughs> he flips. Uh, I, oh. he's, a, cool. uh, he's a he's a um, uh, thrash metal drummer or a heavy metal drummer as well it looks at uh, which is really awesome intense. It. super intense but if you've ever been to a metal gig then you know that it's the drummer that is the superstar uh -huh. of a metal gig mm. you know uh, everything else is like lead singer lead singer lead singer metal boom I, I follow the drum around uh, and then rocks the guitarist don't Yes, absolutely. The, there's uh, another show, a streaming show. I think they've actually got a series on Netflix now called, I think it's Auntie Donna. Oh, yes. Fucking so funny. Kenny, so great. I've not seen this. So um, and they're, they're a bunch of Aussie guys and yeah. they are so funny. So funny. <laughs> is it dark humour uh, as well though? Is it? Is it? Yep, absolutely. Uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> when, you, when, you, when you see them live or you see them do stuff, um, just really, really funny. And I just wish them uh, all the success in the world because yeah. it's a really big deal to get a Netflix deal. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, also, it's also really great that they've been able to maintain a lot of their style of humour 
Mm. which is good because a lot of times when Netflix come in, they kind of censor it a bit or change mm-hmm. it a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think however that process works, it's worked really well and they've done such a smashing job. Yeah, that's so good. I'll send you a, a, a link, Kenny. There's a, a certain yeah, one that I like. Yeah, I'll send you. But... My favourite my favorite, Aussie man reviews, man. I, I, he's, Aye, he? he's good. Is he a comedian? Yeah, is he a comedian? Aye. I don't actually know. Uh, Who's this? Oh, the, the guy on YouTube, Aussie Man Reviews. He's, you know, you know who he is. Ah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I think he stick he sticks to YouTube a bit. Um, I don't, I, I haven't, uh, and I know he's very funny, but uh, I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'll, I'll send him an email because really? you know, we all, we're, we're Australian. G'day, I'm, I'm an Australian. Uh, uh, <laughs> I, he does do stand up. I feel oh, like he done a, he done a show last year, but. I don't know if that was maybe a, a charity gig or something like that for. Uh, yeah. But the, 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 the comedy is very similar, Probably. I think. Because you, you, Kenny, you like a radio show as well. Uh, Hamish and Andy. Andy. I like them. Um, oh, yes, yes, podcast. Yes. They're amazing. I love them, man. They're, so They're funny. very funny guys. Yeah. They're very light humoured, though. They're no dark. They're no dark comedy. No, very, very superfluous and light. Mm. Um, you but, know, you so know, many big think... words, man. <laughs> Yeah, because, um, you know, when I, yeah, I've read the dictionary a lot. Some <laughs> you read before bed. Yeah, definitely. I was either that or the Bible, so I went with the dictionary. Dictionary is a good read. Very, uh, very good read. Where was, your, where was your first gig, Ben? Do you remember your first gig? Oh, um, geez, no one's asked me that. What's my first gig? I don't know. Probably, look, I think um, one of the early gigs would have been in uh, a hall in Toomble, which is uh, probably 10 minutes out of 10 or 15 minutes out of uh, Brisbane city. And it was a, ah, Maureen's musical melodies. Yeah. <laughs> It's the company that did Triple it. Triple M. Yeah. Eminem and M. I should have put that on my radio show. Triple M. Triple M. A little bit different than the one we are thinking. And it was a musical variety, a vaudeville style musical variety show. And I think that was the first show that, uh, first proper show that I ever did. And it was really interesting and it was a great experience. And uh, so much fun. I met some really cool people there and got to do some really crazy stuff. Like I remember uh, there was one, we did a whole heap of skits in there as well. So there was some songs and there was a heap of skits and skits were always my favorite. And I remember doing uh, Tiny Tim's Tiptoe oh, Through the Tulips. Creepiest song in the planet. Oh, you <laughs> 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 It was four guys. I was one of them, dressed up in tutus doing ballet. That makes a bit later. Yeah, and do you know what? I got some as a, as a young man. I got some really weird fan mail after that, <laughs> but I didn't quite understand being a country boy. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking about uh, ukuleles, that. That video of Tiny Tim doing a live performance is seriously one of the creepiest things I've ever seen in my life. 
fucking just, hodge. I've just realised then that we did it, did it as a banjo. It's not ukulele. Oh, yeah, correct. Man, sorry, <laughs> it's, was it's actually called dueling banjos. Absolute idiot, man. So, um, <laughs> Is that um, from Deliverance? That, that we chose. Oh. You know what? They've both got like four-ish strings, so uh, you need to do that to make them work. So it's all the same, isn't it? Funny thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, how, how much longer are you willing to use, Ben? Because I know we only booked you for an hour. We booked you. Like, we only... No, that's okay. Um, I'm a, I'm okay. Let me just let me just no, check the. Uh, do I keep you too long? You guys are the most important people in the world, so yes. I can, Absolutely. I can. Bullshit. Look, uh, <laughs> look I, I did have a Zoom call with, um, you know, some very, very important people. Let me just cancel that right now. <laughs> more important. So done. I'm, I'm happy to spend a little extra time with you. Plus, the longer I spend with you, the less time uh, I have to be wearing pants. That's true. <laughs> Uh, you know, putting true. pants are restricting. You don't need to be restricted. They are. They are. Society. Why? You never wear pants again, man. Never. Be free. Actually, with the lockdown thing, which you guys, when you start to come out of it, will you'll start to understand, is when people come out of lockdown. So before lockdown, everyone was like all suits and the latest fashion. I'm doing all of this, and outside of lock after lockdown. Everyone's like, fuck's given none. I'm wearing brackies <laughs> to a meeting. Uh, uh, and, you know, the, um, there's parts of our community that have always worn trackies. <laughs> we now sort of empathize with them and understand to take fashion tips from them. Yes. And go, oh, so there's a round home tracksuit and a going out tracksuit. There's <laughs> more than one way to. You know. <laughs> Fashionizer. I, I honestly can't remember the last time I wore jeans. I don't think I've worn jeans all of last year. I wore jeans yesterday Oof. and nearly smashed a window because the button came off at the top. <laughs> Pew! I was like, oh, that's not good, man. Yeah. Um, at, uh, the other thing about lockdown is activewear lies. Mm. Active goes, lie. You're comfortable. Nothing's changed. It's fine. It's all okay. We expandable. You know, we're you know, good. We do it's that. comfy. Mm-hmm. And then you put your jeans on, and then buttons pop, and you go. Mm-hmm. Oh, very much change. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably the biggest thing for me. Although I, I reckon I've probably put about two stone during lockdown. But yeah. again, no fucks given because I'm just embracing it. Next to two stone, it's a bit harder to give fucks, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the field is barren. Your fuck field is barren. Uh, uh, that field this year. Not only a fancy English title, but also describing one's sex life. <laughs> <laughs> um, I find that the uh, I put on a, a I got I got a, I call it getting a bit more cuddly after the first lock the first lockdown because. Everyone in Australia went lockdown. What do I need? I'm desperately going to buy a whole heap of toilet paper mm. and booze just I, in case they run out. Did do the booze uh, thing? I've never done the toilet paper thing. That was a lot. Pardon the pun. Never, that that, never understood that. I totally don't understand the toilet paper thing. Like, oh, I've always got a little stash of toilet paper because it's important. Yeah. But I'm not going to buy. A whole shopping trolley full of mm-hmm. 
toilet paper as the that, first that was, thing that I'm going to go to at the end of the world. Uh, that you know, must have been what you know, people are thinking. Like, but, you know, Corona, let's say I got Corona, worst case. One of the side effects uh, or one of the symptoms of Corona is not having the runs, you know? Uh, you're not going to use it any more than you probably would. Yeah. Than you would normally. And you're at home. Now, I'm like, yeah, look, I don't, I don't understand it. I think it's crazy. But the, also, it's very unkind to hoard yeah. toilet mm-hmm. paper as well because there's a lot of um, people that are on limited incomes or may have lost their job that can't afford... Um, two hundred dollars worth of toilet paper. Yeah, totally. So it's important to take what you need, have a have your planned little stash, and same same with everything. You know, it's yeah. not about us. <clears throat> and it's always the privileged people that do the hoarding. It's yeah. not the people on limited incomes or the uh, disabled people or the elderly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was a really sad stage when we had uh, in Melbourne so much crazy buying. So everyone was saying, including supermarkets, uh, don't buy all the toilet paper. You don't need it. There's no supply issues. We've checked. It's fine. And there's even less supply issues if you don't hoard it. That they ended up having to have separate times. So they had, uh, if you had a disability card or you were elderly... Mm-hmm. then you could you had a one hour shopping window that you could go in and they would keep everyone else out and you would get in first to make sure that you could get your stuff and then they'd let the, all the stupid people in afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand bulk buying anything because oh, if there's one get- one place that's not going to shut it's going to be a superstore so you're oh. never going to not be able to <laughs> it's fucking you've, you've played way too much COD yeah, it's a supermarket, no superstore. Super store. But I just think if you're going to bulk buy anything, it should be food, no toilet paper, man. See if you're not toilet paper, you've got a shower, just wash your ass. I mean, yep, yeah, or a bidet. Is it a bidet? Is that what it's called? Bidet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But ah, uh, yeah, that is the dream. We have <laughs> a good. <laughs> but I, I was like pasta, rice, toilet paper, and booze was well. To be fair, the booze I was still fairly stocked. In Scotland, you'd imagine, but um, it was fucking ridiculous. Yeah, it was really crazy. And it was actually a little bit scary because we had a whole heap of people that were, um, you know, they were, even though everyone was saying there's no issue and you don't need to do it, stores are going to stay open. Like there was every piece of logical information was given to the whole community. They still went, oh my God, I need to just buy as much toilet paper as I want. Mm-hmm. To the point where there was actually people that were going to multiple shop, uh, multiple supermarkets. So they do the rounds every day to buy all the to- as much toilet paper as they could. It's really weird. And then they would put it on eBay to try and sell No, they didn't. Fuck no way. So there's a whole heap of really sick individuals that have got... Uh, that are parking their cars on the street now because they've got their garage full of toilet paper. <laughs> and one of the beautiful things that the supermarkets did was they went, oh, pandemic's over, lockdown's over. You want to return how many pallets of toilet paper? <laughs> uh, no. Fuck it. <laughs> no. Yeah. Donate it to charity. Yeah, but I paid it. Too bad. 
there was a appointment you couldn't get uh, antibacterial gel at one point as well, like hand wash yep. or whatever. But there was a guy in America somewhere and he'd bought like thousands in his garage was full, like, packed. Um, and then they came out of lockdown within like a month or something. So this mm. guy was left with like, and he couldn't sell it. Nobody wanted to buy it. And it was like thousands of pounds worth that he's just spent. And you're like, ah, oh, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you deserve. Yeah. I, got a, I had a mate of mine that bought uh, a 20 foot shipping container of hand sanitizer. Fucking fuck. hell. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's, he's got a retail business and that's, <laughs> uh, he's got a retail business and he wanted to do, yeah. he was pivoting to that sort of stuff, but, uh, and there was a shortage. The delivery came just after the shortage oh. and now everyone's got hand sanitizer chemists, uh, as in, um, drug stores are making stuff, making it. So yeah. everyone's, you know, yeah. really getting it but the concept of toilet paper and the concept of um hand sanitizer and masks when people hoard it it defeats the purpose because mm-hmm. the only way masks hand sanitizer and toilet paper works if everybody's got it mm-hmm. you know because i don't want masks sitting in my garage i want them on people's faces yeah so that yeah. they're not spreading covid or whatever else they're doing or yesterday's lunch if they're a spitter um, so, you know, sharing that stuff and having that sense of community is very important. Yeah. There was a, a young boy in, from Glasgow, uh, right at the beginning before all this shit happened, uh, he had a hand sanitizer and he was selling squirts of hand sanitizer to, to other people in his class for 50 pence. <laughs> He's going to be a smart boy. He made 11 pounds and get sent home from school. Uh, <laughs> His parents were so proud. I know he's so clever, isn't he? So clever. Next yeah. um, it's also totally different if you take that same principle and apply it as an adult. 50p for a squirt. Ah. <laughs> uh, Very. Price. Monday, Tuesday, half Wednesday, price. half price. Eh? Yeah, I'll pay you. Put away 20 minutes between them. I <laughs> just need to, I need to reload. Um, <laughs> What's, it's what's, just a different level. <laughs> <laughs> what's the what's the question, Gav? There's one question you ask everybody. Yeah, so we'll, we'll, we've got one question we ask all guests. Um, guests, guests, Ben. Uh, so, if you could have one drink and one drink only, what would you have, and who would it be with? Anybody, dead or alive? Any oh. drink? Um, I would. Jeez, if I could have one drink. Do you know, as as disgusting as it sounds, my guilty pleasure is uh, Tetley's beer. Tetley's beer? Is that like a a dark beer? It's English. It's English. It's a nitro beer. That's why I've not tried it. And (laughs) (laughs) yeah, it's a nitro beer and it's... Not particularly strong. It's just really smooth and creamy and kind of happy. happy That's beer. it. Happy who, who are you having that uh, with? Uh, I would have that with... Uh, look, I, I, I would really love to have a beer with uh, Anthony Bourdain. Oh, aye. 
And and it's a shame it happened. I'm so so sad. Still so sad because I think that his life journey, he'd sort of had so much that he'd gone through, and he'd grown so much, and he's such a understanding and wonderful human with such a great uh, witty edge to him mm. that you know I think that I I would absolutely hands down love to have a drink and possibly a meal with him as well. Mm-hmm. So, Definitely, uh, I would happily make a reservation there. Yeah. Well, can I have the meal? It's just a drink. Just a drink. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, do you know what? If I was going to have a drink that's a meal, I'd have Guinness then, wouldn't I? Oh, yeah. Uh, My favourite. <clears throat> Did you have Guinness when you went to Ireland? Oh, yes. Yes. So I went to the Guinness storehouse, as everybody, every tourist does. Yeah. Um, and they said they have this thing in the Guinness, um, Guinness storehouse where they go, Oh, you know, let's teach you how to pour a pint. Mm. So there was a, I was very fortunate, um, cause I was doing a radio show at the time and that was part of the show. So, uh, Fulcher Island, uh, was really wonderful and setting up some, you know, great experiences for my trip in in Ireland, Guinness Storehouse was one of them. So I had a, a, um, a private like guide to sort of take me through that bit. So the Guinness pouring thing, so they've gone, you want to do this and you put it on the side and do this, 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 and this, and then you pour and then you can do the little clover there. And so he went, oh, well, you know, this is one, now it's your turn. So uh, I did the first one and I went, oh, stuffed it up. And that's okay, that's okay. You just, just drink it and it's fine. All right, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Second one, stuffed it up. That's no, okay. Just drink it. It's fine. Third one, stuffed it up. <laughs> Fourth one, stuffed it up. You're really slow at this. Oh, yes, I'm very slow. <laughs> yeah. First Aussie. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I were I got a little uh, the little certificate thing, and I don't know where it was because I was tanked absolutely. Yeah. Anked. and it was great. Dublin just, is fucking amazing. That's so Not expensive, expensive though, man. That's expensive, but well, that's why it's a meal and a drink because you can't afford both. <laughs> that's exactly. I just realised you've got your wee thing up behind you, Gav. Your wee Guinness and your Brudel thing. Oh, up. Guinness. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Nice. Sure enough. <laughs> nice. Um, the the one thing that I did learn about going to the Guinness storehouse is that we're totally ripped off with the Guinness we get in Australia. Oh, 100%. <laughs> you know, um, they've got a whole heap of really great quality standards, which is amazing, but um, just absolute rubbish compared to the stuff at the, uh, the stuff in Ireland. Really, really good. Uh, we had, um, <clears throat> there's a gentleman called the, the Guinness Guru who basically reviews, goes around Ireland reviewing pints of Guinness, some job. Um, but we had them on the podcast <laughs> and a, uh, and they also call that a local. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he's basically saying, if you're Irish, it's just the known thing that if you go, if you step foot outside of Ireland, don't even attempt a Guinness because it's just yep. nah, yeah. pish, nah, piss water. It's going to be disappointing. Yeah, but then, I, look, I found that with um, a couple of other beers as well the country that they originate from is always better than the export stuff. Yeah. Which is why you guys brew Foster's. 
yeah. outside of Australia and in Australia, nobody buys that shit. <laughs> so that, what was the, what was the other kind of, like, we're speaking about VB. What would you rather have a VB or a Foster's? I'd take Foster's. VB's <laughs> <laughs> a, yeah, it's an acquired taste. VB's uh, uh, the sort of thing that you'd have. Uh, I think I said to you before, nine out of 10 alcoholics prefer VB. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's it's kind of a tie between VB and Forex, which what is about, Queensland VB. What about a uh, Carlton? Carlton Draft? Carlton Draft is... Uh, look, it's it's up there. It's a I I personally think it is a better beer mm-hmm. than VB when we're talking at the dregs at the bottom of the v, of the beer list. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would rate that. And when I go out, I do sometimes have that when I go to a Bogan pub because it's high. It's a high turnover beer. So if you're a bit unsure whether the beer lines are clean, uh, clean or the kegs are fresh or whatever, then Carlton's pretty safe because you're going to get, uh, they're going to churn through that quite nicely. <clears throat> and uh, it's actually just a really middle of the road to drink. Safe beer. Like it's, safe it's drink. a sessional beer. Oh, yeah. So you can have a good sesh on it. That's probably what we would have maybe have like Stella. I think like Stella's probably. Yeah, totally. Uh, totally. And when I, when I, Back in the dark ages when I was allowed to travel, I used to fly quite a lot. And most of the airport lounges and first-class lounges would have Stella on tap for that reason. Yeah. Um, it's a nice beer. I like Stella. I like Stella. I it's yeah, it is. Uh, we call it the VB of Europe. Oh, do you? <laughs> oh. Yeah. But yeah. again, having that in Belgium supposed to be miles better, of course. Uh, there's a perfect draft machine if you get Stella for the perfect draft machine it's from belgium proper Ooh. stuff it's very taste good proper stuff what's the best voiceover you've ever done what was your best was, was there a voiceover you've done that was like uh there's there's, there's t- uh three that immediately sprang to mind there you go so uh yeah, give us them give us them perform them i'll send i'll send you the links there was um a lot of concert, I do a lot of concert ads mm-hmm. for concert tours and stuff. So I did uh, a Peter Andre tour. Yes. <laughs> nice. And when I got the script through, I went, no way. This is not <laughs> happening. And yeah, it was great. So it's, it's uh, <laughs> I think it's up on my website, um, the Peter Andre. <laughs> tour and it just came out an absolute dead set treat at the end and that is the first thing no shit on my resume is voiceover for peter andre commercial uh, because that is just so kitsch and so fun and so great so there was that i also did um uh, uh the venga boys yeah uh, venga boys man. did an ad for the venga boys and my favorite thing so venga boys coming out uh, and it was one of those uh, multi-headline shows, and the the bit that I lo- uh, that I loved about it, and I don't know if it was the Venga Boys tour or the Bewitched tour, but anyway, um, it was big artist Venga Boys and this artist and this artist and S Club Three. Oh, they fell apart quick, didn't they? Jeez, oh man. 
I went, I love this. You're not even buying it. S Club 3. Like, what do you do? The rest of the rest get knocked back at customs. <laughs> yeah. You know that show they, they do? The, the, I the Patrol. internal cavity search. Border <laughs> Patrol Australia. Another, another four of them. Four? That'd be four. Four, it's called seven. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I found your voiceover for Peter Andre. What an advert, eh? <laughs> Oh, it's like, oh, here we go. It's happening. It's going. Oh, it's going. Oh, it's Special guests, CDB. It's all right, all right, all right. Get your Peter Andre tickets now from Metropolis touring all the venues. 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 <laughs> but you know, it's it's just so much fun. I love those ads. Um, I also did. Um, Oh, what else, what else did I do? There's, you know, I do a lot of um, corporate voiceover things as well, which is great, and millions and millions of on-hold messages, which is just bread and butter for a voiceover guy. Um, there was a couple of fun ones. There was a uh, the a Thomas the Tank Engine YouTube video. Uh, they wanted me to do Shane the Australian Train, <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? It's it's super kitsch, and it is without. It's like the numbers that they got on that. Like we're talking millions of views on this. Really? Um, yeah, on this um, Thomas the Tank Engine fan uh, YouTube page, and I didn't realize that Thomas had such a huge underground following. Like, <laughs> really, really great hardcore so, following. Yeah. So anyway, I did the Shane, Shane the Australian Train thing, and I, I did a couple of them, and it was great fun, and Good the response fun. was wonderful. Uh, so I think I've 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 hacked that up. I think that's on my YouTube page somewhere as well. But there was also uh, Number Rock as well. Um, and look, it's these are when you when you look back at voiceovers, you go. There's many different things that make you go, oh, this is amazing, or this is great, or this is, you know, this is special. But, and they're never the gigs that you think they're going to be. Mm. They're always because, oh, I just sounded really good in that one, or, <laughs> oh, it's just a great script, or, you know, as opposed to going, like I did the um, John Denver tour when he came out, I did a heap of stuff for Andre Rieur, uh, which was amazing because, uh, when you get the emails and stuff, um, it'll say from the pal- from the from the palace of Andre Rieur, and I go, "Ooh, that's Ooh. <laughs> Um They're actually really lovely people to work for. Um, but the the Number Rock thing is really cool. Um, so it's basically the whole premise of Number Rock is they make songs and cartoons to teach kids maths all over the world in English. Because that's what English people do, mm. um, or English-speaking people do, anyway. <laughs> so 
it's a really great concept, teaching kids maths with these songs. And I happened to play a character that went over really, really well in these videos, which was uh, the an Australian <laughs> an Australian alligator. Oh. And I like that for many reasons because it's not an Australian crocodile, which we have plenty of here. Yes, yes. It's, it's an Australian unique. alligator. Mm-hmm. So I must live in a zoo somewhere or somewhere. So, <laughs> Captain. Yeah. So it's me, so it's me, me doing this, um, uh, you know, really weird sort of uh, alligator voice talking about numbers that are bigger or smaller. Um, and then, and I went, oh, okay, cool. That's the voice I've done. And then I come back and I see this little, um, you know, the alligator that's doing his thing. And I go, that's kind of cool. That's kind of cool. And they've gone, would you sing for us as well? And I went, oh, I don't know. In the alligator voice? Oh, sure. Why not? <laughs> so, uh, and there's even one stage where I, I get to be a rapping, uh, a rapping Australian alligator, <laughs> which it's just like, I, I'm sure at the production meeting, they were sitting there and going, what are all the things that Ben's not? Already the Australian alligator dealing with numbers. You might as well rap. Uh, you're already there. True. I know. I know. You're like, you're, you just do it properly. Just go all the way. So yeah, that was, um, they were just some of the funnest gigs. Mm. Uh, that voice was that. And it's, it's cool, man. We, we've not got the voice for it. No, I know. You need to have a certain smoothness in the way you speak, I think. And mm-hmm. That's where Hetley's comes in. <laughs> I googled that, I remember the, the, the label. And a lot of cigars. Gravelness. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. It's, uh, I find cigars better than eating real gravel. <laughs> way, better. way better. Similar taste, but way better. Uh, better, um, better for your teeth, though. Yeah, much better. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have a really good dental plan. Exceptionally good dental plan. I, I think voiceovers are a really weird thing. So when I and a lot of people go, oh, you know, I should do voiceovers on the side. It's not really the sort of thing that you kind of do on the side. It's the sort of thing that you either do it or you really shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's got nothing to do with voice. It's just a really challenging and really hard industry to sort of do well in. And I never feel like I'm doing particularly well in it. I do a lot of voiceovers, but I don't feel like I'm doing particularly well. Uh, even though I've, I've done a couple of TV series some film stuff, um, you know, bucket load of ads and everything <laughs> like that. But the weird, the weird thing is I spend a lot of days having amazing conversations with myself in the studio all alone. <laughs> and then, um, you know, and you were saying when we were looking at the Peter Andre thing, where's your voice? What's going on? So I just record the voice and then it goes off and then other they chop it up and make it, bring it to life. Mm -hmm. And the funniest scripts that I, that I get through are the ones that I'm working with other people. Um, There's, uh, you know, a couple of shows out there uh, or audio dramas and stuff that I've done and they've gone, Oh, what was it like working with uh, all these people? And I'm going pretty much the same as doing a, voiceover for an ad i just kind of sit in my carpeted box and talk to myself hit record yeah and then yeah. send it off and then you know part of the gift is making it sound like it's part of a meaningful conversation and that's not only me and my skill but it's also thanks to the skill of the amazing studio techs 
mm. and engineers that cut it all together and editors that make it make it shine. Yeah, it's a lot. There's a lot of um, different segments, different places for it to pass through before the finished product, isn't it? So See, I think a lot yep. of people don't realise that. The guy that does, I don't know if you get it now. Well, you probably will. Uh, come down with me. He, the guy that does the voice of British guy. Ah, yes, yes, yes. He must be like absolutely like loaded. <laughs> he's never off the telly. You hear his voice everywhere. Dave something like that. Is that his name, Dave? Dave I didn't know his name. Uh, well, I think voice. the funny thing is when you build up a bank of when you've been doing it for a while, and you build up a bank of content. Uh, particularly TV stuff. Um, like, oh, oh, there's a couple of TV series and things like that that I've done voices for. And, you know, you might sit down and you'd be flicking through the TV channels and you go, oh, that sounds familiar. What's that? Like, <laughs> yeah, oh, halfway through you go, oh, that's me. Mm, I'd be brilliant. I don't remember. That. <laughs> and, don't remember. <laughs> no, you don't. No, because, you know, if you've got, uh, how, how many ads do you guys remember? No, not many. Yeah, <laughs> and but it's when you see them, you see them, you go, oh, uh, I remember. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and that's the same for me. So I might have uh, like fifteen ads or sixteen ads to do in a day, mm-hmm. and wow. you know, you'll just read them, throw it out, read them, throw it out, read them, throw it out. That's it. Easy peasy. <laughs> well, sometimes it is. Sometimes it's really challenging because it's either poorly written or you know they'll they'll write. Uh, and this is all first world problems, of course. They'll put oh. 40 seconds worth of text and go, I just like that in a less relaxed 25 seconds. And you go, oh, it's only 40 seconds. Yeah, that's why we gave you 25 instead of 20. Mm. So, yeah, it kind of is what it that's is. When ben, the Australian cocktail comes out and says, <laughs> Alligator comes out and goes, that doesn't work. That ad doesn't work. give me 40 <laughs> seconds. And I don't know why I'm doing this with my hand. Uh, uh, um, <laughs> but oh, have you ever have you ever done the bit at the end? See the end of ads if it's for like something commercial and it's like you know a big big massive spiel in like ten seconds. Terms conditions apply. That's the last thing. You, that's the only thing you can hear. Yeah, that's it. And really it, fast. It's funny how you do that. So uh, I I cheat. I try to. There's a little bit of uh, editing magic in that as well. Sometimes I will go. Uh, nice and soft, nice and close. And then you'll do it organically as fast as you can. And then you'll go through and you'll de-breath it. And instead of inserting silence, you'll squish it together to make it a little bit shorter. And then you're just going to speed it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mean, that's much more logical. <laughs> way more logical. <laughs> and you normally start, Uh, Well, for me anyway, my process is I'll start with that fast bit Mm. because the faster I can get that bit, which means the more time I've got for the other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So normally the the writers, are uh, the agency writers are pretty good um, and they'll sort of roughly time it and have a sort of an idea of how many seconds they've allocated for different things. And, you know, that's fine. The thing that really... um, shits me sometimes but I do, I do a fair bit of it and it's fine mm. is uh syncing so where they go here's a uh a 20 minute video uh, corporate video and it's got a lovely super strong american accent 
in the voiceover. So if you could just replace that with an Australian accent, please. And we've made some script changes as well and just make it fit in with the pictures. And you go, sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And go. <laughs> oh, right, yeah. So, yeah, so that, that just takes a bit of time and a, a little bit of um, messing around. But, you know, it's that's part of the job and it's, it's pretty cool. And I'm very, very lucky and very fortunate that I'm able to do that. And yeah. I would, as always, love to do more. Cool. Uh, and I'm also super lucky that I've been able to do that because that's kind of what kept me going through lockdown. Mm. Brilliant, good. Good. We're a man of many talents, Ben. <laughs> certainly are. Right, yeah, we'll, we'll finish with this question because I've, I've wanted to keep this question in the podcast, but I keep forgetting to do it because I'm usually too pissed. So, <laughs> Ben, what is your pet peeve? What was your biggest pet peeve? You know, uh, getting up at oh, seven no. in the morning <laughs> to do a podcast <laughs> with two blokes from Scotland that aren't even drinking. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Oh, I know. I know. I feel as if you know, what you're doing. Uh, oh, pet peeve. You know what? Um, I think... Uh, look, I think my, my genuine pet peeve is uh, unkind unkind people. And I'm... I uh, talk about kindness a fair bit. And it's a, a newer thing for me because I've only just kind of got my head around it properly. But... Uh, and there are lots of times where I am unkind. I am very unkind to people. But the goal is to be kind, to be as kind as one can, and to understand that kindness is a conscious decision or a conscious choice, and it's not always easy. But people who are blatantly unkind or toxic masculinity, I think, is a really big turnoff. Yeah. Uh, and I think not so much kindness, but more so vapid toxic masculinity i think is is hands down the biggest pet peeve and when you're doing shows and you're on stage you can spot that shit a mile <laughs> a mile off you know the the stench of of brute or lynx Bruce. africa just <laughs> sort of wafts in before and you go oh, oh, oh. Yeah, you're going to want to try and communicate through your fists because that's all you got. <laughs> so, yeah. Unkind people. That's us. Un- yeah, un- unkind people. So, that's it. I'm trying to dismantle toxic masculinity one heckler at a time, but <laughs> you know, it's, it's really, it's, it's, it's slow going. There's a lot of them. So yeah. many, so many people just want to yeah. try and trump the comedian, don't they? Right. Oh yeah, totally. The show. But the weird thing is, as a society, we all go, yeah, toxic masculinity is terrible for everyone except the tos- the toxic men. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yet, as a society, we go, oh, they must be strong and powerful. How about we provide them with, you know, more? We could just give them more resources because, you know, we think that they're they're stronger or better or whatever. Mm. When really, that's a wonderful way to de-evolve as a society. Mm-hmm. It's going backwards. I'll just not moving. Yeah. You're going to be moving. Yeah. 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 Well, then we'll not take up any more of your time. I I'll let you go and get a good coffee, a premium coffee. Premium coffee. Get yeah. some pants on, get a premium coffee. Fuck off. <laughs> 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 Talk about masculinity, ripping it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
but no, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Very after after an hour of drinking Guinness, uh, toxic masculinity is something that makes <laughs> both work. It's certainly a different type of toxic masculinity. <laughs> certainly. <laughs> Yeah, Rob, thanks for your time. We really appreciate oh, it. Thanks so much for having me. It's been an absolute hoot. And we got a lot deeper than I actually thought we would as well. Uh, uh, just because we weren't so, drinking. We're sitting here on you. Are you? Be funny, mate. Go. We've been civilised and nice. Next yeah, time you come yeah. on, next time you come on, we'll, we'll have a drink. Okay, good. good. And I'll, I'll prepare for... Um, Day drinking, which is my favourite sort of drinking. Oh, it's the best type of drinking. <laughs> it is the best. I will we'll find a, a a better time and we can all be a bit, a bit more of a. Well, if you if you pick it after one of my big shows, then it's not a big deal because I'll just I'll do a Johnny Cash and you know seven a.m. I'm just rolling in from finish. <laughs> you know, definitely That'd be tremendous. Aye. Happy to do that. Brilliant. Well, well, we'll get, all the best, Ben, for your. Your show on Tuesday, is it? The trivia show on Tuesday? Yeah, trivia show on Tuesday and uh, the comedy festival venue is uh, happening during the Melbourne Comedy Festival. All the tickets and all the details are on my website, bensorensen1.com because some other bastard took Ben Sorensen. <laughs> always <laughs> someone. Yeah. Oh, always somebody. Right I know. I know. So I've just embraced it now, Ben Sorensen1. <laughs> that's because you're number one. Because the other guy didn't. <laughs> you take care. Uh, an absolute brilliant Thanks, day. Guys. And we'll speak to you soon. Thank you. See ya. Bye-bye. See you later.